So, really nice. so David, since since he's also in Pennsylvania part of the time, mm-hmm. does that mean he's also Amish? Probably not. Are you Amish, Aaron? I am not Amish. Okay, see, he no. says he's not Amish. So I know. mean, I could probably pass for one. <laughs> I could get right. you know, you know, put on a little wig and give up electricity. But well, yeah. I mean, have you have you ever raised a barn? Have you ever churned butter? I consumed a lot of butter. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. That's and, I've, seen, and I've seen a few barns. I don't think I've ever raised one though. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present our spectacular show of podcast magic and imagination full of Disney wonder, news, and pop culture. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast with Jim Novotny and David Dollar. Hey, Jen. Hey, Dave. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast. Podcast. We are at episode 56. Ooh. It feels like hashtag mathing. We did episode 50 like just six weeks ago, which For is reals. crazy. Time goes by so fast. And here we yeah, are, episode really 56. And a uh, lot of news to talk about, uh, a lot of little mm-hmm. fun things. We have a little rant to go on, which you know us on our rants. And so we'll definitely get a little heated on that, which will be fun. Got a great guest coming up in just a minute. <laughs> but, Jen, I got to ask you top of the show, how did you Disney this week? Oh, well, I Disneyed, gosh, I've Disneyed in a few ways this week. So I think the uh, first way I will talk about that I Disneyed, because we'll talk about the other one down the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, uh, yeah, I prepped for the Ohana release, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, but... we are going to talk about that. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about that. Um, I pre- spent all day yesterday, like, prepping with my clients, like, what reservations I'm getting. Right. That might be a cop-out answer, but that's what I did. Fun time. Still, I mean, I love talking it. Like, I have to type a lot of it up, and some of it I have just copied and pasted from previous emails and stuff about dining. But I do love talking about dining, especially now because you're like, and guess what? Your trip is a week after Ohana opens up, and you're going to be able to get Ohana if we want. Well, I mean, if we can, get right? It because it's going to be very popular. Uh, it's going to be. I'm like, I'm yeah. already I'm like, how many browsers can I have open? Yeah, it's well, it's <laughs> funny because like I posted it online, and a lot of my wife, my wife and I work in different parts of the house. I work upstairs in the office. She works downstairs at, at a desk, um, you know, because she's still working from home at least for the summer. So her office calls her back, and, and which they may never call her back. She's one of those that she can do her job from anywhere. She can do her job from home. So, and so yeah. I posted on my Disney page, Disney on a dollar on Facebook, that the Ohana was reopening. And like three minutes later, OMG, a text. OMG, Ohana's coming back. And I'm like, I hope you saw that on my page and not on just some random website. So. Stephanie's like, no, I don't follow your page. Yeah, she, she really saw it on some random website. She's like, I saw it on all your really? I'm like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, honey. Also, it's on my page, too. I, I it's coming back. So I Disney this week. Uh, I have look. So I have this goal of reading 50 books a year, and I've had this goal for about five years, and I've never been able to reach it. And it's just one of those things. I just I think two years ago I got to 47. Last year I got to 45, and I just can't get there. Uh, well, this year I've been trucking along, and I just finished this week books 23 and 24, and we're not at the halfway point oh. of the year, so I'm I'm going there. Book number 23 was a book called Meet the Disney Brothers, a unique biography about Walt Disney. It's a shorter book, so it counts, but it's still a shorter book. It's like when you watch a movie that's only like Dumbo is only 61 minutes long. It's still, yeah, it's like barely over an hour. It's not just like a short story or like a little pamphlet or whatever. Great little backstory about the Disney Brothers, Walt and Roy Disney. And I love Disney history, as you know. And, you know, and and, uh, it's kind of fun to kind of read through just, and I've heard their story a thousand times, but I love hearing your story again and again because it is such a, a cool story. Like I am a big believer in every relationship needs a needs a Roy and a Walt. Every relationship has a Roy and a Walt. If you have Absolutely. two Walts, lots of ideas, but you're living homeless on the street. If you have a Roy, you guys have lots of money, but you're not doing anything fun and you're boring people. So you need both. And I also read a book called Buying Disney's World, the story of how Florida Swampland became Disney World. Another fascinating story, which we'll get into in a few minutes about we how about that a couple of weeks ago, yeah, right? We did. About, in the title. Yeah, we talked about that, especially on yeah. you talked about it on your other podcast, the Divas yes. Just This podcast. The book is great, and it's really the backstory of Walt coming to Orlando and, and getting, yeah. you know, getting the permits and getting. It's not just he bought some right. land and built the park. There's so much behind it, and yeah. I told you I was like, we need to get the author of these books on the show, and you were thinking, that's well, right, maybe I don't know, whatever. And I convinced you. We talked about it a few minutes, and Aaron H. Goldberg is the guy who wrote these books. And guess what, yep. Jen, he's on our show. Let's welcome Aaron H. Goldberg to the show. How hey, Aaron. amazing! Hey, hey, hey! Hello, everyone. <laughs> Very proud to have you on. You are the author, of course, of several Disney books. The Disney Story, yes. Chronicling the Man, the Mouse, and the Parks. Disney Declassified, Tales of Real Life Disney Scandals. 
sex accidents and death i mean we've got to watch that explicit <laughs> tag on the podcast for a family show we don't want marcy getting mad for rory hearing the bad words um so and, and i've read most of these the disney the disney story is the one i have not read i've read uh, disney declassified and of course i've read the other two and and uh real excited to talk to you about the uh about all your 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 books and everything and kind of what you've got coming up because i know you've got some great future plans but yeah. we gotta ask you how did you disney this week how did i disney this week i actually um, had a frustrating Disney week because I was trying oh, no. to get a theme park reservation for October 1st at the Magic Kingdom. Oh, oh wow. No. So numerous times on numerous devices. And I, I mean, I have Epcot, but I, you know, I really want right. Magic Kingdom right. for October Magic. 1. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I Disney this week. And well, the, the Disneying week will keep on going until I get it. Yes, well, it will. <laughs> are you aware that they opened up October 1st yesterday? They did. Yes. Okay, I, good. I, I was, I, it, I, and it was such a debacle with the app. I was in the app and then I got logged out and it took uh-huh. me over to the browser. And I was just like, oh, yeah. by the time I actually got in, it was gone. It was yeah. gone. Oh, no. oh we, well, I, I feel like they're going to open it up again because I like I July they've it. opened up like three or four times. And I would imagine mm-hmm. that again is they continually to continue to release more and more for capacity. Um, right. Has Chapek snuck that in? He was like, yeah, it's been releasing capacity, blah, 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 blah. Wait, what, you're burying the lead. What did you say? Yep. So, yeah, it, I, I have a feeling it's going to come again, which, which would be awesome. Disney tech is interesting. We will talk about that a little bit later on because uh, Disney tech is something I think all of us are passionate about, right about now especially. Oh, a lot of passion. That's going to help <laughs> us lead into some Disney news. It's all the news that's fit to print with David Ola and Jen Vatney. Yeah, news. All right, so let's do the happy stuff first. First is another big step, several big steps into Disney reopening. And every time we hear new opening stuff, we're excited about it. Aaron, you can just chime in whenever. Don't be afraid because Jen comes up all the time. The Dumbo Playground at Dumbo's Flying Circuit, Flying Elephants is open again. The playground in the middle where you go in, the kids can play. And it's a, if you've never seen it, folks, it's a wonderful little playground. And adults Mm -hmm. can get in the two. I have crawled all through there. It reminds you of how, uh, you know, how good your knees are. there's a meme that's out there now that has a guy that says something like i'm in my prime and under it it says you know your knees the crap you are that's that's kind of what that reminds me of um a lot of tight spaces but it's it's great it's built for families and it's a great place to climb around and have fun it's a little playground you can sit out of the heat Mm -hmm. until you're called to go on dumbo that is now reopened also the space space um playground play area digital play area over admission space is open as you're coming off in space there's that Yay. whole that whole thing that whole thing is now open and i think other playgrounds are starting to open too which is awesome uh we also know that uh the cast members are setting up the stuff for the trams to return to service now no official date on that but we think the trams are coming right. back very soon because the, the poles are starting to go up the signage is about to go back up and so it's it's great seeing all of that um epcot food and wine festival has released that there will be no traditional eat to the beat like we don't get 97-year-old Mickey Thomas and Starship coming back. And we don't get, uh, you know, uh, 104-year-old Herman's Hermits. Berlin. Well, just him, Herman's Hermits coming back. And uh, what's uh, some Nick DeYoung from Sticks, which really, I guess he yeah. should build himself a stick. He's not coming back for right now. Like the the Flowering Garden show, we are getting uh, local bands. Local bands coming back. The um, Like the Jamiters or whatever. They're going to be performing mm-hmm. a couple of sets. We have some orchestras coming there. So some local areas from all across Central and, and, and Northern Florida are coming in to play during food and wine festival and it's not the taste of the food and wine festival it is the international epcot food and wine festival and i'm really excited about Mm -hmm. that yes i am very happy about that as well and i'm excited because it is going on for a long time it really is so yeah (laughs) july 15th through november 20th something like that like because the the flowering garden ends like on july like, I feel like it ends on I, July 15th I, at 1 p.m. And at 1.07 p.m., the Food and Wine Festival ends. <laughs> people just, like, there are going to be people from Morocco just changing signs. Basically, that prices right. are changing, and that's it. Goes, it goes booze and bloom to food and wine. <laughs> they're wheeling the topiaries out, and they're bringing in more food carts and stuff. And more food carts are coming, which I under, from what I understand. Uh, so it is going to be yeah. fantastic. And I'm it real excited. Um, it's just, and Aaron, I'm, are you a frequent visitor of either, either the Food and Wine or the Flower and Garden? I am both. So, yeah, I'm excited. Well, and also, I don't know how many, like, I don't know your park frequency. Do you go to the parks a lot? Do you live in the area? Is it like a one or two times a year? How does, how does the park visits work? I split my time between Orlando and outside of Philadelphia. Okay. So nice. I'm in the parks all the time. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. That's uh, something I would like to get to eventually. I'm only in the parks, you know, three to four times a year, which is, that's, that's a, 
I mean, I feel like a like a commoner. I feel like a, a poor person that I it's like a tease. It really is. So, it really, really is. so David, since since he's also in Pennsylvania part of the time, mm-hmm. does that mean he's also Amish? Probably not. Are you Amish, Aaron? I am not Amish. Okay, see, he no. says he's not Amish. So I mean, know. I could probably pass for one. I could get <laughs> right. you know you know put on a little wig and give up electricity. But well, yeah. I mean, have you have you ever raised a barn? Have you ever churned butter? I consumed a lot of butter. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. That's and, I've, seen, and I've seen a few barns. I don't think I've ever raised one, though. See, well, I mean, Jen has, and so that makes her Amish. She lives in Amish country. And so it's, it's, uh, I mean, she alienates our Amish listeners every time we get on the show. It's ridiculous. Not that they have electricity. Obviously. But, I was going to say. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Okay, so truthfully, I don't know Amish customs well enough to know that if, if I'm being offensive or not. I have no idea. I don't know if Jen's going to get canceled anytime soon. <laughs> Everything really he knows know. about it comes from Weird Al Yankovic. Pretty much, so. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good reliable source. I have a I have a movie <laughs> podcast, and when we bring Jen on, because she'll come on from time to time and talk about movies and stuff, uh, her theme song is, is Amish Paradise. <laughs> they're, they're, listen, they know their way around a bakery, because anytime I'd go to Lancaster, I mean, Lancaster, any, there's always like throughout like pennsylvania and mm-hmm. the, you know southern new jersey there's always mm-hmm. like rogue random amish markets and they're they're baked there are. always really delicious yeah the donuts too yep oh yeah oh well it's 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 so pure good. butter i mean that's yeah. why they party like it's 1699 thanks weird <laughs> all right so moving on <laughs> um restaurant reopenings and this is exciting yes. too because we got a we got a bunch of these and let me go to the disneyland first because it's not just disney yeah. world it's disneyland disneyland resort re- announced reopening dates for a lot of its restaurants including mm-hmm. alien Pl- pizza planet docking bay food and cargo oga's cantina rancho de zicolio restaurante tiki juice bar they're all opening on or a lot of them are opening starting june 14th uh california yeah. venture has some lamplight lounge in a wine country tutorial is opening on july 17th reservations will open on june 14th uh currently the parks are capped at around 35 percent capacity uh indoor attractions capped at 25 percent and there are restrictions with dining, so it may not be easy to get some of these things, but they are reopening. So contact your local travel agent. Pick me, pick Jen, pick us. Uh, contact your travel agent about your Disneyland trip, and it's a 60-day dining window, I believe. Right now, you could obviously get booking as soon as it opens because we're in yeah. 60 days. Um, but that's opening up, which is really exciting. And, of course, we learned that uh, Ohana at Disney World is finally opening back up on July 9th. Uh, reservations are accepted starting June the tomorrow. Is June it tomorrow? 10th. June tenth. It right. is tomorrow. June. 10th. June so 10th. when you're yeah. listening to this, people, if you don't have your Ohana reservation for the next sixty days, hmm, you should have contacted uh. us. You should have called us already. Uh, so Ohana's yeah. called, I, okay. So it's over at the Polynesian. No characters. Traditionally, it's a character yes. breakfast. They have breakfast and right. dinner. Love Ohana. It's one of the most unique. Uh, restaurant serving. It's really of, cool. Of it's really cool. And mm-hmm. for the price you get, and of course it is going to be full price. It's good uh, food. No dining plan. Um, great food. They come around to your table. It's going to be family style. It's always been family style for dinner, but it'll be family style continually. Correct. They basically come around to your table with these large skewers of meat and, you know, not you, know, you just, dinner. not yet for not at dinner, at dinner. Well, breakfast would be cool too. <laughs> Big skewers of bacon. Um, but for dinner, they come around and they have like skewers of shrimp and basically you just kind of tell them how many they put them on your plate and pork and, li- and, yeah. and lamb and steak and chickens, whatever. And they have the noodles on the front. And, and I think it's, they're the ones that has banana, it's a banana bread or bananas. Foster. Oh, the, yeah. No, it's bread pudding. Bread yeah. pudding. That's what it is. Bread pudding. Oh, uh, for dessert. and it really is all you can eat. So if your family of six is at a table and consume that, grab another, or they'll bring you two. And it's, it's cool. You got the little yeah. guy with the ukulele playing and they get the lays and he kind of puts the lays mm-hmm. on everybody and, and the kids kind of mm-hmm. do some stuff. And, uh, now Which, I did hear yeah. that the noodles may not be there upon Ooh. return. I read it. now. I don't know if that's a true article or what, but I did read. Is that a co- is that a CDC restriction? No noodles somewhere like on page. I mean, I feel like if that's the case, then somebody needs to cancel. Listen, somebody needs to cancel the CDC if we're getting rid of the Ohana noodles. I'm just saying, like that's. Just like, all like, like, we've learned that noodles may be actually part of the contraction process of COVID. We can't have noodles <laughs> in restaurants. I, I don't know, and so. I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's worth the risk for the noodles. Yeah, I would Maybe take that wrong. risk. I really would take that <laughs> risk. And, and aren't we all cousins there? So shouldn't this be like family noodles? Like, come on, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. Family noodles. Exactly. Yeah. Now it's Olive Garden when you're there, your family, and now they get specific at Ohana when you're there, your cousins. You're not just family; you're specifically cousins. Your cousins, cousins, exactly. yeah. So it, it, it works really right. well. Um, also opening, and I've never been to Sebastian's Bistro, but it is opening. Uh, oh, it is in, good. In June 24th, I don't know. Mm-hmm. My reservations open for that now. Like I have no idea. Is, it, is that tomorrow? You know what? Well? I don't know that I read when reservations open. Okay. I did read Walk Up Experience, so okay. maybe I'm maybe I misread that, but I feel like it's like Walk Up, and mm-hmm. I have eaten there, and I thought it was quite good. 
Good deal. Really good. Well, it's over Caribbean Beach, and I might try to eat it there is. in October whenever I go to uh, to the 50th. That's where I'm staying is Caribbean Beach uh, at a pirate room, which should be fun. Um, <clears throat> you know, I couldn't. Oh, get is that to, what you settled on? That's what I settled on. That's what I settled on. I mean, I couldn't get anything else. I was like, "Arg, maybe uh, pirate <laughs> rooms for me only." So. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to mention one thing. And I got an email from a client. And this is not to make fun of this client because we definitely understand because I have been there before that I have been to a point in my life early on when I didn't know anything about Disney. I didn't know about dining reservations. Mm-hmm. I didn't know when things were happening. So I do not besmirch anybody that asks a question that I look at and go, really? Seriously, that question? But I want to address this because I want to make sure all listeners understand this. The chances of free dining coming back this year are so infinitesimally small i i can't even i can't even you know it's just it's yeah it's so tiny it's so it's basically the chance that disney will come out today and say guess what everything is open 100 capacity all fast passes for everything it's Mm -hmm. not going to happen this year it might happen in the future but it's not going to happen it's just i don't think it's going to be this year now i say that disney could surprise everybody and come out tomorrow with a new dining plan and say guess what we're going to do free dining starting october that could happen I don't think it's going to happen. So please do not. Okay. But October let's, let's try to be somewhat realistic. Well, yeah, exactly. That's actually more of a chance of free dining coming back than it is for, for coming back for October. Um, Exactly. But I I do want to make sure that we understand that that's, it's just not, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. And I don't don't want to see that for years. Yeah. I don't think so. And I've often often thought that Disney was kind of trying to get rid of free dining promotion itself. And what a better way to do it than to just not bring it back after a year off, you know, um, do something like I do mean, something special knows? with it where you get you know a free dining whatever with deluxe meals and you have you know, whatever I don't know they've done something like that before where you get but I mean let's think like whenever free dining came out in the first place as I recall it was mm-hmm. like during the recession and yes the, it was not, right after 9 11 early 2000s yep yeah and you know as a result that was a way to entice I, don't, I mean I hate to say entice but really I mean no, that was enticing. a fantastic yeah. deal it was very enticing yep. and it helped make it possible for people to travel right mm-hmm. now the demand is such yeah it's, yeah they don't, I don't well, think we see that for years because yeah. there's no need yeah say, disney's no a company right and they don't offer promotions on places that they don't mm-hmm. need places i mean that's why they don't do you know free well, promotions good during holidays because they don't yeah. need it because every holiday is smart up. business I mean, it's, you know it's, it's fine uh and and honestly like they couldn't give rooms away after the recession or after 9-11 because no. their report came out said disney world was a target right initially right after it happened i remember that. and it was mm-hmm. just it was insane i know eisner went nuts over that just the whole thing and Aaron Mack probably knows more yeah. about that than I do. I, then I think at one point I remember doing buy four, get get three free or yeah. buy three, get four, yes. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Around that time. Yeah. yeah it was insane. Mm-hmm. But when, with the patterns of people and I, I, I fall prey to this too sometimes, especially when it's not Disney, because I'm so used to Disney now that I kind of read between right. the lines, but I fall prey to this too with other things going, well, they've had it so long now. Why wouldn't they have it again this year? Why, why, why sure. shouldn't they? We expect it. And the whole thinking was Disney can't just drop it because people will lose their minds. However, a year off, they just don't have to bring it back. They don't. I mean, they really don't. And uh, I, I don't know that they will. Dining plants probably will come back in some form oh, or no, fashion. I think those we don't know back. when because do that is kind of a moneymaker, especially for the prices they were charging, Disney. Um, but I, I don't know when that's going to happen. So as with free dining or any other promotion, folks, do not plan your vacation around a promotion with the thought that you don't. might save money. Always mm-hmm. assume that whatever we book you as, you're going to pay that. A lot of times, you know, if you go in early August, there's a great chance we're going to be able to say, you know, you're at Saratoga Springs or something. There's a great chance we're going to be able to get your room and save you yeah. some money. But don't ever assume, oh, yeah, I booked but we for, can't promise. You know, I booked for Halloween Day and, you know, and a trip after that or during Columbus Day. And my, my traveling is going to save you a bunch of money because a promotion will come out. Don't. We're going to try. We're going to try. <laughs> uh, last few things here. A, the Skyliner. Had another collision yesterday. Ugh. It was something small. Uh, two basically, one came in a little bit hot, and they those things come in hot when they come down. And when they, they land, do come in hot, sometimes they come in fast. And I guess it's that downward slope, and I don't know if the braking system is just set up in a certain way. They come in quickly, but we had two that collided. Apparently, there were people stuck on the the line for you know. 30 minutes, 60 minutes, there was a TikToker that was TikToking mm-hmm. and putting out videos from the Skyliner. And she was like, I got, I'm about to have a panic attack. I hope Disney gets me out of here soon. And she wasn't mean about it. She was like, I'm hoping to get out of here soon. They apparently gave her a gift card and a free ticket to Epcot. So oh, wow. for her. I don't know if they did that for everybody or just for her because they were like, she's on TikTok. Give her something. <laughs> so she yeah. got on TikTok. She was like, Disney's a Caribbean. It was so great and whatever. Um, so, okay, so question f- for the group here. At what point does Disney start making changes to the Skyliner? Because this is at least three incidents we've had I in like two years. I think it's three. 
Yeah. I mean, the first was a major one a week after it opened. Then we had another one that, another small one. It was pretty minor. Yeah. Is this just kind of a, like, bus accidents happen from time to time, so they just keep going forward? Or is this something that we're going to look at concerningly and be like, we might have a problem here? I mean, what do you think? That's a good question. I think they're usually very proactive about things like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, the system is around the world, like, very heavily throughout Europe. And I think, mm-hmm. obviously, before they even would commit to something, they want to know the background, the safety, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like it, maybe it, you don't know if it's is it user error. It's like, you know what I mean? Like there was right. something that happened in Italy not too long ago, tragically, that, that, that you know, that family died. And it was basically user error. They they did something mm-hmm. to the brakes and it crashed. So right. who knows? I mean, I feel like if, if Disney is willing to put it on their grounds, they're, they feel pretty good about, you know, yeah. their liability with everything. Yeah, and I'm, if you look at the statistics, like how many yeah. trips has each I was just gondola exactly. made around? Like statistically, that's Taking, extremely. Yeah. I mean, I say tens small. of thousands. If they if they came out with the, the statistic that said you know we we do an average of a hundred thousand people a day, it would not shock me at all to hear that. Oh, not right. at all. And you know, and so to have three incidents in two years with millions of people going on those, that's statistically that's a, that's a pretty good very small. Yeah. Now this happened on the Epcot line and they had already announced that the Epcot line Disney Skyliner will yeah. close January 23rd to 28th for a quick refurbishment. And so, you know, that's coming up already. So it may be something where they're yeah. like, Hey, we're going to make sure this is all working. And, and but I, I agree with Aaron. Or maybe I mean, they'll they, respace yeah. things exactly. or something. Yeah. And I would yeah. imagine that after a couple of years of something that that was such heavy use, they probably are going to start, you know, closing one section at a time over the course of a year or so right. and do refurbs to this, that, and the other. And, 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 and making it work. It, it's one of those things that's, you know, the, it's, the, it's, it's Disney. So it's like all eyes on Disney always. People, there's mm-hmm. a lot of detractors. There's a lot of people who like to talk poorly yeah. about Disney. Um, but as you know, as you said, David, the statistics. So yeah. like, what, is, what do they always say that the monorail is, you know, a 99 or 97 point something, you know, their operation rate, it's never down. Mm-hmm. There's hardly yeah. accidents. Yeah. I'm sure that the Skyliner is in that realm. If you took look at the statistics of probably how long it's, you know, you know, but it's different, obviously, because, you know, these are little, you know, individuals, like little canisters that, you know, it's right. compared to, to like the monorail, you know, all lined up and they can buffer. But yeah, so it's interesting to think about that. So Definitely. when the Imagineering story came out, Disney Plus, everybody, it was all the rage. Everybody loved it. I loved it. I watched all 10 episodes. There was tears in my eyes on some of them because it's just such a beautiful story. And everybody wanted a second part. We want a part two of Imagineering yeah. stories. And it's like, I was wondering, where do you go with this? Because you just told the story of building the parks through Imagineering. Well, they have decided to go this way with it. It's called Behind the Attraction. And it's going to premiere on July 16th, narrated by Paget Brewster, uh, a Hollywood actor. And they will basically be giving the backstories on a lot of attractions. Imagineering, you know, some behind-the-scenes footage, some archival footage with Walt Disney. I am so super excited about this. I am I'm just so about excited about this. Now, yeah, uh, I know that when Disney premiered, they basically dropped all – I think they dropped all the Imagineering Story episodes like once when Disney Plus premiered. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember I've, waiting no, for No, I feel like that's what the – Because we knocked so them out. I feel in, like they were all up. In a few days. And I don't know yeah. with this system if they're going to do it like one per week now that Disney Plus has been around for a few years or if they yeah. will just drop them all at once. I am super excited about this because just too. to see how great. how some of this is made is really cool because I love hearing about this and I love hearing these stories of of the attractions and things and you know and and I'm assuming that Aaron will be taking uh, be taking notes for his next book um, you know <laughs> <laughs> you know it's interesting I, I this is like uh, you know almost um, you know Disney finally going into this realm as of late you know it, it's like almost you know if we go on youtube and i guess i'm also could be lumped in there with, the, with my books it's like there's already a cottage industry of all of these things you know obviously it's not endorsed by disney but some of the the work that people put out on yeah. youtube doing the backgrounds and doing the history mm-hmm. i mean it's remarkable uh there's a series on uh on youtube called defunct land and yeah. it is a oh yeah fascinating series. They talk about more than just Disney. They you know they address the King Kong ride at Universal and the Jaws ride. They talked about one of my favorite episode and the first one I watched and still my favorite is the Action Point Action Park episode that, about the park theme park in New Jersey. The insanity that happened with that theme park. Yep. Aaron, you should also write a book oh, yeah. about that because that is also a fascinating story yeah. um, about how insane that park actually was um, with a loop de loop water slide, which. In its yeah. essence, it's just yeah, insane. But I love that series. And you're right. There are a bunch of series online that are like the true backstory behind blah, blah, blah. But like there's one that I watched. I've probably seen it 10 times. The how how does Tower of Terror work? And it's basically this guy talking about a diagram of Tower of Terror for 12 minutes on yep. the lift system. And they put this pulley in place. There's a diagram of like a little elevators going up and down. I'm like, this is so awesome. This is fascinating. 
There's somebody. It, there's his name. It's Martin's Vids. Is is um, I've heard that name? Uh, the, his series. They're remarkable. They're mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, he really the spaceship earth ellen's energy adventure and he goes back and he'll do the different versions and his episodes are like an hour and a half long i mean they're yeah. awesome they're like movies yeah. i mean they're yeah. really like full documentaries and i'm sure they have advertising on youtube and stuff but really a lot of this is just labor of love because yeah there are very few people that get rich off youtube advertising mostly yep, because true. whenever i see it's skip true. ad i hit skip ad as soon as i can yep uh, and my goal is to make it skipping the ad without even knowing what the product is yeah I'm probably 99 percent effective on that <laughs> <laughs> just because, yeah. just because I'm, I'm, I'm a jerk. I do the same that. thing. Uh, final little bit of news here, and this is the this is kind of the negative part. But you know, we're we're not we're not Disney's podcast. We're a Disney podcast, but we got to talk about yes. this because it's got to be real. The Boobash. Now we are raving about the Boobash and its potential because yes, it's expensive. Yes, after hours party, uh, themed after hours, not mm-hmm. themed after a, a not so scary uh, Mickey's not so scary party. It's a three hour event. Yeah. You know, tickets are anywhere from one twenty nine to two hundred dollars depending on when you go. Halloween's one ninety nine per. Right. You know, there are select dates in August. Uh, you know, September and October. So, the Disney systems have failed because it's phone in only. You cannot call. They've kind of set it up to where you, you know cannot, if you're if you're a resort guest. Right. Okay, you can't do it online. General public tickets open up on June 15th. It has been a complete disaster. And people are wondering why you can't do it online. And my, my, my first thought, and this is to where Disney Tech is in my mind, my first thought is, well, if they did it online as well, that would be two fronts that would have crashed, and we would have had twice as many reasons to be angry. It has been a complete disaster. Mm. So let me rant for just a second and say this about Disney Tech. Disney, you have got to. And the only way you can do it my, my, my first thought is, And honestly, I can't say it any more than that. I, it makes me angry thinking about any of that. Jen, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I would just like to add that. You're right. I, 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 I mean, completely agree. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. yeah. I, I, I feel like a lot of us are in that boat. Yeah. Bottom line is they've got to get their stuff together. It's a $265 billion company, and there's no reason to not have it. Maybe it's a staffing issue, but hire some temp workers for a day, for two days, for five days, because and teach them only to do tickets. That's all you do is just just these tickets. That's all you have to learn to teach. I don't know. Just I don't mm-hmm. know what the solution is. Aaron, do you have any, have you tried to get Boobash tickets? Have you th- your thoughts on that? I haven't tried. Um you know, and this is maybe it's jaded. I, nothing surprises me anymore yeah. with them. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, we're all conditioned. We, we're we've all we all drank the Kool Aid. Um, mm-hmm. We're all going to keep going. We're going to keep yep, spending basically. our money. <laughs> That's correct. They'll monetize things and they'll merchandise things, and we're going to be all over it. Mm-hmm. Tens of millions of us. Yep. And it's like not about. It's not necessarily about like park occupants. They don't care about how many people come to the park. They they would actually they just it's it's the number it's the yeah. it's it's the it's the monetary number at the end of the quarter yeah. that means something or the end of the year so I mean if they can get you know like a third less people in there but still spend the same amount of money that's even better yep exactly and this is and I know it sounds like I make this a travel agent infomercial and it's not but even if I wasn't an agent myself I would I would get a travel agent because one hundred the words I heard from yesterday were guests that were saying. My agent got me my my, my, my boobash tickets. I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. The story I heard online from agents, including our own, on hold for three, four, five, six, seven hours, getting disconnected after four hours, having to call back. They closed the queue at 9 o'clock last night. They stopped selling tickets at 9. So people who were on hold for four or five hours got in after 9 o'clock. They had no tickets to be, to be sold. They had to call back in this morning. The phone lines crashed about three or four minutes after opening. It was just a disaster. And it's just, you know, I would I would – be happy for my travel agent to pay or pay, pay my travel agent to get this for us. And thankfully we do as part of our service. And I actually did one this morning. Uh, mm-hmm. I connected with another agent and she helped me out getting, uh, getting these tickets, actually Kristen and Lindsay. So props to both of you, if you're listening um, for helping me with those tickets. And, you know, I can call a client and be like, guess what? I got your boobash tickets. You didn't have to do a thing. 
we went, yeah. we did the whole, you know, six or seven hour thing. But so, it, I, so that's the boobash. I agree. I mean, I have, listen, I have no dog in the race here. And, and look, as somebody who, <laughs> who, who is like an outsider and looking in here with the travel agent thing, if I was who, you know, I'm not saying I'm anybody, but if I wasn't who I am, like knowing Disney and knowing these things, I would totally use a travel agent. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's yeah. annoying. Mm-hmm. It's a pain in the ass, quite frankly. Yep. You know, to even to go make reservations, to go make park reservations, to get food. I mean, if you can get somebody one stop shop and let them do it, oh my God, it's so much easier. Like, I feel like a lot of folks, figure okay i can go online and do this myself yeah you can go Mm -hmm. get your hotel room but like if you're not like well versed and you don't go often you're gonna miss out you're gonna get down there you're gonna be annoyed like oh i didn't know this like yeah yeah totally right yeah it's a lot of research it's something that i and i've said this before like one of the things that i knew that being a travel agent was important was we were at the parks one day and i literally saw a family with a with a husband holding the map looking at it very confused the wife was aggravated the kids were running around they were standing in the middle of the park not knowing what to do and Mm -hmm. where to go and later on that same day, we were talking, my wife and I were in Jungle Cruise, and we were talking about getting Fast Passes. We, you know, we got a Fast Pass for this. We just use it. We need, let's go ahead and look online real quick and get a Fast Pass for blah, blah, blah. And people behind us were like, what's a Fast Pass? What? what? <laughs> and Amy, you know, this is in the yeah. middle of Fast Pass Mania, like 2015 or something. This isn't like, yeah. you know, they just happened. And so there's so many things out there that people don't know um, that, that, we, that we do. And if we don't know, the wonderful thing is, like, I, I have a honeymooner couple that's going down in October and they're going to the Caribbean and there's some places I know about some places I don't we have this incredible team around us that if I don't know the answer I immediately reach out to you Jen or to Kyla or to other people on our team be like okay I need Mm -hmm. I need some recommendations for this we know here are the details here's a few important details that differentiates them from other couples what do you think oh well this is great well I would tell you this but because of that little thing don't do this do Mm -hmm. this instead love that and that's that's what you need whether it's us or any travel agency company make sure you have somebody who can say I don't know the answer, but I will find that for you like today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So that's our spiel. That's our travel agent spiel. Mm-hmm. Let's go now to another spiel about some books because Aaron, you are a prolific yes. author and somewhat a Disney historian at this point, which I love Disney history. I'm an amateur Disney historian myself. I can I could probably talk for a couple of hours about Disney history. I feel like that you could probably talk for a couple of days about Disney history. So, <laughs> you know, I am I am trembling in the shadow of your awesome Disney historyness. Um but you know, we've got Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong here. We got the Wonders of Disney World, the Disney Story, Disney Declassified, and the, the two latest Meet the Disney Brothers and Buy Disney's World. Those, those are the five. Are there, are yes, there sir. Others? Okay. And they're all available on Prime. And I know several of them are available on uh, on, on, on Audible. Audible. Are all have, of them on Audible? All maybe of them all are on Audible. Okay, yeah. good deal, because I have I have four of them. Which one? I don't think I have the Disney Story. That's the one that I haven't read. <laughs> there we go. Thank <laughs> so you very much those. for the support. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> and I love I love reading because the stories themselves are fantastic. And you know, and, and we'll get to your, your newest in just a second, but you know, like Disney Classified is just simple tales of just you know, the mm-hmm. tagline is real life tales of Disney scandals, sex, accidents, and death. And it is really just this random book of just different stories. Uh, from Disney that people may not know, uh, which is, which is fantastic. And so I how do you, how do you come, I mean, one of the chapters is called D- Disney's debauchery. How can you not read about that? You, right? what, what is Disney's debauchery? So how do you, how do you come about these stories? Where do you find these stories? Do you just go on Google and say, did Walt Disney ever dot, dot, dot? Oh, he did. Let me, let me find out about, I mean, how does that even, how does it even work? Disney declassified. I did a lot of um, old newspaper um, archives and then I did a lot of legal, um, uh, like le- not legal journals, um, like where you know I, I'm totally drawing a blank on what it's actually called. Documents. Uh, yeah, like legal docs, like so, <laughs> like so lawsuits, things that were filed, accident reports, ah. um, think reports from the state of Florida, um, and a lot of litigation. A lot of it came from, um, like I think it's like you know uh, Law 360. There's you know legal legal da- legal databases that you could search and find. Mm-hmm. You know, I basically would just put in Walt Disney World or Disney and find see what would come up and right. you know, sort of try and piece the you know put the pieces together. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, I always say the book's sort of like, you know, if, if you know, you go to a Disney park to try and escape reality, these are the stories of reality seeping into the park. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. kind of yep. the unfortunate things that happen from time to time. But again, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, for the billions of times that, you know, Space Mountain goes round and round over for the, all these decades, you know, there's a very small percentage of accidents and things that happen. So, you're, I mean, it's like... At some point, I say the statistics are you're, 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 it'll be easier for you to get hit by lightning than actually to like really have a catastrophic injury at Disney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's 
the, again, the stories are fascinating, and they're all quick stories. There's nothing like, you know, you don't have a 34-page novella about something. It's always, you know, a page or two about this, three yeah. pages about that. So they're all quick hits. Um, and there are actually, to, to, to tease the audience for Disney Declassified, you know, on the back of the book, it tells you, you can read about the shocking time a baby was born and abandoned in a Magic Kingdom toilet. Or that time an eight-year-old girl was randomly shot in the back at the Disneyland Railroad. Or the role a former Nazi SS member played in the construction of Walt Disney World. I mean, the stories are just over the top and it's, it's like, like crazy and by the way whoever wrote that on the back of the book is a great tease <laughs> that that's is me that was that was <laughs> me. Do you really, write really, your own? Uh, oh, yeah nice. of course I, I write i publish i write i do everything that that was all me yep well oh, and, and wow. i'm gonna put you on the spot here um yep. are there again speaking about disney classified before we get to the next one what's are there is there a story out there that kind of sticks out to you that you would love to tell just like hey you know this time in the book you're going to read about here's the story of blah 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 knowing there are like 75 other stories to read about too i mean can you can you give us a little insight on something from there you know i think in a lot of ways they're all sad um mm -hmm. I, the one that really sticks out in my head is you know i i often say like after you read the book and you go to to walt disney world or even disneyland i always say it's like You've now like if the books resonates in your head, it's like the Disney Death Tour, because <laughs> there there was a suicide like at at the Imagination Pavilion. Um, the guy That's pulled weird. out a shotgun and and took somebody hostage. It was a domestic dispute. Started as a domestic dispute. He wanted to see his ex girlfriend. He went in the park, and so you're talking about somebody who brings a shot, a sold off shotgun into a, you know, into the theme park in a bag. So clearly, it's not any time that recently. We're talking about. I think late right. 80s, early 90s. And he took a hostage and the SWAT team was there and he basically killed himself in front of the imagination bathroom. Mm. And that's just like, you know, I go to that bathroom. I mean, I, I, I always- and and That's that, one of the quietest <laughs> bathrooms yes, in exactly. the park. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a story that sticks out in my head. Well, after you read that book, you should hop over to The Wonders of Walt Disney World, which is a much happier tale. <laughs> it's cleaner. It, it cleanses your brain. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, like Disney, Disney Declassified isn't necessarily for don't, – don't give it to your eight-year-old going, hey, here's the history of Disney. Don't do yeah. that. I think it's, most people hate uh, that book, to be honest, the Disney Declassified, but I think if you're not a Disney It's fascinating, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is fascinating because we think of this – Disney is it's truly – Walt Disney World is the, the most magical place on earth. It really is. But like every single company, no matter where you go, it's going to have a few tales behind the scenes that are like, ooh, boy. Jim Corcus does a great job of telling that too. And actually, I think looking at my Disney bookshelf, I think he's the only author that I have more books of than you. I've got all yeah. of his Walt of Waltz. I've got like so 12 of his books. You're doing pretty good um, there. So yeah, you're doing book, doing good. I have like four of yours. And so <laughs> congratulations for whatever that's worth. Um, but the wonderful <laughs> Disney also does a kind of the same thing. A lot of park to park and attraction to attraction on Disney property kind of thing. And I don't know if you remember the story, but one that stuck out to me that I would love to hear about is what does the actor Tom Selleck have to do with Epcot's lovable figment character. Oh, that was um, Tony Baxter watching Magnum PI. Mm, yes. And that's where figment came from. <laughs> like the, what was um, the, uh, I can't remember the, the I, I mean, it, this is terrible. You might want to edit this one out, but like this is the guy who almost sort of looks like Hitler. Like his, his oh, uh, is it Higgins? Yeah, you're talking about Higgins. That guy. Higgins, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's where the figment pops. You know, that's basically where's the, the, the catalyst for um, the name figment for the, for the attraction. Oh, that's great. That's yes. awesome. That is awesome. Of course, you'll in the book, you'll read about Justin Timberlake and NSYNC, um, which although a lot of people that are like, they've chosen sides in the NSYNC uh, BSB war and they picked NSYNC. So I get that. I have a Justin Timberlake shirt myself. Um, so <laughs> with this ramen noodle hair. Why does it have to be a war? Why does why do we have to battle? You know what? It's like Disney There's Universal. People think people should understand you can love both NSYNC and you BSB. You don't have to pick one. It's okay. No. So great book there as well. But I do want to talk real quick about your about the, the recent books you came out with. And and um you had Meet the Disney Brothers, which I mentioned at the top of the show, yes. which I love the I love the story of Roy and Walt because Roy is the pragmatist. He's the one that's like he's looking at the budget. He's always he's he's the, the one that's got keep, keeps you in line. While Disney's like, I don't care what it is. Who care how? Who cares how we pay for it? Let's just do it. And Roy's like, I care how we pay for it. We can't do it because we don't have any money. Leading to, of course, the screaming fights behind the scenes and the the infamous, you know, yelling and screaming matches, whatever, to make what we have today. Um, you know, so the story of Walt and Roy for you, Aaron. What uh, what really entices you for that story? What what really stands out for you? That that the that book came from. I uh, I always think Roy is. And it's sort of how he wanted things. He sort of doesn't get a lot of credit or he's sort of mm -hmm. not in the spotlight, which is what he wanted. Um, but, you know, he played a huge role in, in the whole story of the, you know, of everything. Um, without Roy, there, you know, finding finding money, there is none of these things really happen. 
um, right. where they happen on such a smaller scale. Um, so I sort of wanted to do a children's book, or I guess they call it a mid-grade, a mid-middle grade reader book, um, which is you know what the Meet the Disney Brothers is for. And I just sort of wanted to show that you know family is important um, along the way. You know you need your family, and it was just to me it's a really great story of a family business of two mm. brothers working together despite the fact that there's you know a sizable age difference between them, uh, and a and you know their view on the world mm. is 180 degrees from one another. Um, and how they, you know, work together, put put past differences, and conquered the entertainment world. Yeah. And well, and the like, again, the book's on Audible. It's only an hour and forty five minutes. So it's a quick read. You know, and I and like I do, I do one and a half speed anyway. So I really knocked it out like an hour. Um, and it was it was great. I think I knocked it out literally at the time my kid was playing in a trampoline park. I went through the book, and so it was one <laughs> complete listen, which is kind of top to bottom, front to back, which which was great. And of course, that leads us to. The one you, the, the most recent book here is Buying Disney's World, which again, as soon as I saw the title and I knew it was coming out, I like pre ordered it. I was ready because I love the story of how Walt Disney World came to be just the opening and like, you know, flying over and picking out the orange groves because people just, especially the farther away we get from it, I don't think people understand there was a swamp there, there was nothing mm-hmm. there. And that's why they were buying land so freaking cheap, uh, keeping it all a secret. And of course, you got the the legendary tale of the reporter from the Sentinel that found out, declared, you know, or Disney is the secret buyer or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you did a ton of work on that too. Like, just you had to have done a ton the of work. Newspaper archive? Did you have to go into? Yeah. What? How I, did you? How do you even do all that? I actually, um, I didn't. I, the news newspaper archive on this one was kind of um, tertiary or secondary. The, the okay. main source of this story came from um, attorney Robert Foster, who was the okay. attorney who bought all the land for Walt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was legal counsel for Disneyland um, prior to tackling um, the Florida project. So mm-hmm. I was able to go through his actual notes um, and a rough copy of what he was writing. He was, he was attempting to write a book about it. And I went through his, his notes, his rough drafts, um, hmm. And then, you know, a few other um, Disney folks had left archival um, notes that I went through and sort of pieced all these stories together um, to sort of make one cohesive. I, I, I mean, I know a lot of people know the gist of the story. Yeah, he bought land. He bought it under, uh, you know, fictitious names. Mm-hmm. So nobody would know it was him. But there was a lot more um, to the story. And I was trying to close the gaps in like, sort of like tell the complete story from from you know yeah. Disneyland and Walt's disappointment there to I end the book you know basically you know when Roy dies a few months after opening day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, I went on a, a Casey of the Kingdom tour. We actually my wife and I've been on two of them, and the first one uh, we had a little short lady named Claire. This is like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and uh, she's you know short, probably in her sixties, uh, dark brown hair, and she kind of talked like this. She enunciated very well, but she was very outspoken and very loud. And this is what we're talking about. And, I am into Disney history, and she pointed out everything. And we were in the Utilidors, the, the Disney Underground, and I don't know if it's still there, but there was this, this wall with this line of old vintage photos from the opening of from, from construction of Disney. Mm-hmm. And I remember her distinctly standing there, pointing to a picture that there's a famous picture of Walt Disney and I believe Card Walker, Joe Fowler, and Roy Disney. They're all in there, and, and she was very adamant. If just one of these people were not here, we would not be standing here today. Everyone loves Walt Disney. But the fact is, Joe Fowler, Card, and Roy played an integral part of this story. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. awesome. Yep. Without a doubt. Uh, it's true, though. I mean, it's... Uh, or or if one of those men lived about another five years, we would probably have seen Epcot and what he really wanted it to be. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I think if he was here, if Walt made it uh, just a handful of years, that he would have put enough mm-hmm. down on paper that it would have probably come to fruition. Yeah, I agree. And well, you know, that's my favorite park. So, <laughs> yeah, Jen Lowe's from Epcot. Epcot. My favorite Disney biography is actually the one with Neil Gobbler, uh, Walt Disney and the Triumph of American Spirit. And it's, it's like 38 hours on, on Audible uh, with the first Audible purchase I ever made. I actually got that as my free trial in 2010. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I need to go back through it because it's been 10 years since I've done it. But I remember, you know, the, the fascinating part to me was the Walt Disney World part. Disneyland was great, but it mm-hmm. followed him. Like once he went to Walt Disney World stuff, it kind of stopped talking about Disneyland because it was his story. Yeah. Um, are there, I mean, are there biographies of Walt Disney you have read? Or are there any particular favorites or any Disney books that stuck out to you that you really just enjoy? Um, Besides your own, of course. I mean, I like the Gabler book. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so dense. It is and it's, very dense. And I, I do think it's a little uh, biased. 
um, I, I do, you know, it's, it's hard to find because you can also then say that the Disney authorized biographies are, are biased towards, you know, right. Walt. So um, I try and play both sides. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, in the Disney story, I, I, you know, I chronicle from Mickey Mouse's inception to Shanghai Disneyland and along the way, yeah. the bumps and bruises and bad things that go on. Clearly, I'm not afraid to go down that road. I mean, I wrote Disney Declassified, um, so I'm not like in a Disney apologist or, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, it's tough because I, I feel like a lot of there's an agenda with Walt. When you read the biographies, there's a, there's a couple others out there that come to mind that there's, yeah, they're just kind of, you know, eh. and that's sort of the reason why I went down the road I went down because I, you know, I read what was out there and I kind of wanted more and um, mm-hmm. I didn't love what I read. So I figured, let me take a shot at it. How, how long did it take you to write Buying Disney's World? I know the research part of it had to be considerable. Um, buying Disney's World, I wanted to write since 2017. Mm. Um, oh, wow. And I had 900 pages. Nine, I had 900 photos because I basically was in the, you know, exposed to all the Robert Foster notes with an iPad. And I took a picture of every single document, whether I needed it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like, mm-hmm. wanted to write the book for the longest time. Couldn't bring myself to do it. And I ended up writing... Um, you know, meet the Disney brothers and then COVID hit. Right. And I was finally like, you know what? I'm like stuck in the house here. I'm not like, what else are you going like, to do? <laughs> I'm actually going to see if I can get buying at buying Disney's world done at that time. I didn't know what it was going to call. Actually, you know what? That, that book was originally going to be called Roy Disney's world because it was so much of Roy. Interesting. I like that. Um, okay. But then I went back to, cause it was, it was so heavy and, the book is so heavy in the, the transactional part of how he got all the land and um, who the team he assembled. I figured, ah, it's really not, it's not really Roy because there's so many other people that were a part of this story, right. like, like David said. Um, but I think, I think it was six or eight months to actually write it. And there was, you know, countless months, you know, sifting through the materials to try and make a cohesive story from Foster's notes that you know Foster's notes and his stuff are basically from like 63 to to 60 uh, 63 to like almost to like when Walt died that was sort of like um those notes and then so I had to put the pieces together from before and then after and sort of make some semblance of a story here which was kind of difficult anything that surprised you in your research like maybe something that maybe a myth that everybody thinks is true, but actually isn't, you discovered, Oh, that actually didn't happen this way. It happened this way. I mean, is there anything kind of re- yes. revelatory to you? That's a great question. Yeah. Because people often, you know, I even just see in, in random generalized media media, when they talk about how Disney, how Walt Disney world was conceived, they said, would say, um, Oh, it was put together by, by a CIA agent and they gave the name <laughs> by the founder of the CIA. Um, but that's not the case. He he was already, and his name escapes me at the moment. I could mm-hmm. Google and get it in a second. Um, but so his name is always the one that says, oh, you know, Walt went after and used the head of the CIA to buy the land. And the fact of the matter was, um, Paul Hellowell was the man who went, who basically helped obtain all the land. He was in the CIA. Um, he was very high up in the CIA. And he actually you know, around the time, a little bit before he starts helping Walt buy the land, he actually tried to um, topple several regimes in South America and was the wow. rumored paymaster for the Bay of Pigs. So it, the rumor is that he funded the Bay of Pigs. Mm. Um, and that I just think so that's crazy. insane. That, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like by day, you know, let's, let's buy land for a theme park and by night, let's try and, you know, kill off a world leader. Yeah. <laughs> it's just mind-blowing yeah really. so that that's like a that's a huge thing that really was not out in that's like kind of a discovery that i made and i actually went into the cia and did some foia things freedom of information freedom of information acts and got some um documents about paul hallowell um included them in the book and uh yeah i mean it's kind of insane if you think about that you know i think one of my my new life goals is to do something important enough that requires me to utilize the freedom of information oh, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah. utilize like, so I want to walk in somewhere and say, I need this documentation. You can't have it. Freedom of information act. You yeah. Know, Cause I feel like that's an important thing. That <laughs> you have is, some weird goals, man. That's... You know, I mean, it's, they're all, I feel like they're all attainable. Um, a couple more quick questions. Cause again, yeah. I'm fascinated by this. Uh, is there, 
what was the piece of information or research or whatever that you discovered came upon paperwork or idea or something that you could not believe you got a hold of? It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm holding this or looking at this or seeing this. Is there anything that just blew your mind that, wow, I've got this in front of me here. This is incredible. Um, yeah. So the, the picture itself that we see with Walt in this, you know, when he's doing the Epcot movie, you know, mm-hmm. when he's announcing what Epcot is and you see him in the studio against um, a wall with a map of any, and he says, you know, right now, you know, where we, you know, we go from Osceola to orange and, you know, the, and he says that the, the you know, the diameters of the land. Right. Um, so there was a, a similar thing in their boardroom. It was a top secret boardroom, uh, a similar map that, um, Robert Foster put together and it had, you know, plots of land, everything, everything was plotted and what they wanted to buy, what they wanted to go after, what they couldn't get. Um, and I had one of those sections, there were a handful of sections in papers that I was looking at that were up on the wall in that boardroom that they all saw and looked at for hours, you know, over time to try and decide where to go. And I was like, wow, I actually have this, you know, so this is something Walt could have had or looked at, or it's kind of crazy. That's cool. The beginnings of Walt Disney world. Now, is there any, any same thing, same along, along the same lines, any kind of white whale for you that you just, you wish you could have gotten a hold of, maybe it was destroyed, doesn't exist, or you were just told, no, we, we can't let you have that. Is there any like piece that you really wanted? I don't think it would have affected your story much because it's a great book. So you really didn't need to add much more to it, but was there something you just really wish you could have seen or gotten a hold of during your research? Um, I would have liked to have talked to some people. I mean, I reached out to a bunch of yeah. folks mm-hmm. and, um, I was unsuccessful in, uh, like, I wanted to speak with Dick Nunes, um, and I was not able to connect there. Uh, the Demtree family who owned that major parcel, which is, you know, the Magic Kingdom and, mm. and things like that, they're still mm. in, um, they, they're still land developers, they're still real estate owners in Orlando and very successful. I reached out to them a few times to try and see if I could get some information from them but i mean it would have just been you know like it would have been like you know like icing on the cake i already had right i had what i needed but it would have been kind of cool maybe a tidbit here or there to throw in sure right so what's next i guess now is the next question is i know you're taking a road trip i heard that on divas on jen's other podcast even though she won't mention our podcast and hers but that's okay um oh my gosh i've mentioned yours (laughs) plenty of times you mean our podcast anyway and so uh no what's what's next and what's what's you have another book project in the works are you just taking some time you're going on vacation do you need a travel agent because we know some (laughs) i i I don't have anything i'm kind of like on hiatus mentally (laughs) Um, I'm going to go out to Marceline in July. Oh, Christine and, told me that. I'm so yes. excited for you. And it's so awesome. I'm going to see uh, maybe if something sparks. Yeah, there's I, until I find something exciting, I feel like I don't have anything to, right. to write about. Aaron, you are going to love Marceline. We did it a couple years ago. Did you? Just because we were it. Well, we were in Missouri anyway, and we're like, Okay, so we're not going to be in Missouri and, and not yeah. go to Marceline. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. so we did the drive in Main Street. It, I, I just, it was incredible. And we hit it at the right time because it was a Sunday afternoon and apparently the Cub Scouts were building something in the oh, school wow. gym. You know, the gym, yeah. which is the Walt, it's Walt Disney Elementary. Yeah. yeah. And his animators did the paintings in the yep. gym and, you know, a lot of it. And we were just thinking, well, we're just going to peek through the windows. I mean, obviously the school's closed. We can't get in there, but it's a Sunday. There's no kids around. So we'll be fine. We pulled in the back and, you know, just to kind of see and peek in the windows. And we see that the door is propped open. And the one person was walking out like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Like we're, you know, the, the kids are in here doing stuff. We're like, oh no, we were just, tr- we just didn't know anyone was here. We were just going to peek in the windows because we're big Disney fans. And they're like, hang on. And they <laughs> totally escorted us around. And showed us the inside. So yeah, they cool. stayed with us just to make sure, but it was the coolest. Yeah, that's awesome. Thing. So yeah, and then the museum there was was really really neat as well. So yeah, I'm you're gonna enjoy it. it. Yeah, yeah, you'll probably. I bet you get something sparked. I mean, the artifacts that they have in there with like Lillian's handwriting and with you know even like Walt's parents handwriting and the correspondence and a lot of the history, they even have a, a gramophone record or maybe it's a regular record. I don't know, but like playing <laughs> yeah. on a loop. That's their family. Like Talking. it was like, a, I feel like it was Christmas. Maybe I can't remember exactly. So it, was, cool. it was cool. It's like the pilgrimage. We're going back to the. You know, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. That's yeah. really cool. Okay. So book idea for you. And when you take this book and run with it, which it's, it's a fantastic idea. So you can put my name at the very beginning. Thanks Absolutely. to David Dollar, host of the Main Street Electrical Podcast. Um, 
I and I know I've seen bits and pieces of chapters here and there on like mm-hmm. certain sections of certain books about these things, but I love reading about the Disney that 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 wasn't the Disney that was, but now isn't like the the attraction, the former attractions, everything from Food Rocks mm-hmm. to the bra shop on Main Street in Disneyland. You know, yeah. why? <laughs> what happened? Where did it go? Why was it taken down? And I'm sure some of these are just they run their course and now they're done. But I'm sure others have amazing stories behind them. Alien mm-hmm. Encounter is a great example of that. I mean, there are you know, videos and stuff talking about Alien Encounter about why that's no longer there. But I would I would love to hear something like your perspective and your writing style of Alien Encounter. Here's the story. And, you know, you could do a good 10, 15 different stories on that. And there's your book right there. And I would buy that in a heartbeat. Check so, out the Disney story because I have a little bit of that in there because there is um, – like obviously Mickey's Kitchen, that was one that was like you know really healthy fast food that was way before its time. It probably do well now, right. um, but there was I also um, they wanted to do a power. Disney was going to do a Powerball lottery, just like the Powerball, like a lot nationwide lottery for like hundreds of millions of dollars, and it was going to be a Disney, and then it, and then and it was announced, and like they went into somewhat of detail about it, and then you know abruptly it was gone because you know Mickey yeah. Mouse doesn't gamble. Um, but yeah, there, there's, I, I have some very random things that are in the Disney story that are kind of in that realm. And obviously, you know, uh-uh. Disney's America and Virginia. Yeah. That's um, a yeah. huge yeah. disaster. <laughs> so, yeah. You but know, yeah, I have um, little weird tidbits of, um, you know, I think in, in 39 or 40 with Snow White, Walt put the book out, uh, they basically put out an audio book and a book yeah. in Braille for, folks who were you know visually and hearing impaired so that they could enjoy snow white it's yeah. just kind of cool there are a lot of disney stories out there a lot of things that never came to be for obviously we look back now and go yeah now i see that uh well, like in the book disney war and i've spoken about that on the podcast it's one of my favorite disney books i love it's really eisner's story it's not just disney it's eisner himself um but he talked they talk about how you know at the very beginning of his of his tenure he had the idea of let's have Mickey and Minnie get married. They'll shop at Tiffany's. We'll have a wedding at Magic Kingdom. They'll go to Paris for their honeymoon. And that was nixed because then it was like, yeah, but if they get married, that means they consummate their marriage. And then we begin to visualize, mm, no, let's just, mm. so they nixed that real quick. And so there are a lot of things out there that are like, look back now, it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's an insane idea. Why were you even thinking that? I actually, I mean, I did an interview for a magazine, it was all about Mickey's um, birthday, and I talked about Minnie Mouse, and I'm and I pulled out a quote, and I'm pretty sure that Walt in the '30s said that they were married already. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of an interesting. Yeah, I think it was very early '30s. Yeah, I'd have well, to go back and look. Hmm. But we I'm pretty we sure. never hear their relationship referred to as anything specific. Like we know that Minnie is yeah. is Mickey's girl, yeah. but it's never his girlfriend, his fiance, his wife, or anything like that. It's always you know, yeah. uh, Minnie, uh, Mickey's beloved Minnie, or you know, Mickey's girl uh, Minnie, or Minnie's boy, Minnie, whatever. I mean, it's always something like that. It's never a specific relationship yeah, title, true. which is probably good because you know it kind of keeps that. Uh, it keeps you from having to wonder about, oh, well, if they're fiancés, that means they're going to get married. And, hmm, so let's not even think about that at all. Like, yeah, go down a road that, <laughs> that uh, I mean, there was, um, in like this, in the 70s, uh, somebody made like a, a Disneyland, like perverted poster. Uh, he recently passed away. His name escapes me. My mind is like, like mush lately because of well we probably don't want people looking that poster up anyway so that's no but but they basically have he basically (laughs) has and it was a a huge issue for disney Mm -hmm. um because he basically has all the disney characters having sex and it's graphic (laughs) and it's cartoon um and they sued him um, uh yeah and they sued him and sued him and sued him and then nothing really ever happened to it and they let it go because they found that it was getting more publicity than what it was worth and they then because of that to ignore it because he was selling so many copies of it. Um, and he recently passed away in the past year or two. And I, and I tweeted it out and someone DM me and they're like, oh my God, you have to, you have to delete this. You can't keep this in here. It's like, it's, it's you know, Snow White's like doing things she shouldn't be doing in front of people. And I'm like, yeah, here I have it for you. In 1930, an issue of Film Pictorial Magazine, quoting Walt, in private life, Mickey is married to Minnie. He said at the time, a lot of the people ask this question because sometimes he appears to be married to his in his films and at other times still courting her. What it really amounts to is that Minnie is for screen purposes, his leading lady. If the story uh. calls for a romantic courtship, then Minnie is the girl. But when they, the story requires a married couple, then they appear as man and wife. In the studio, we have decided to say that they are married already. So that was 1930. 
that's awesome. <laughs> they look great for their age too. Yeah, I mean, they I have really to do. Say, they've aged really well. They really so. do. Uh, final questions I have, and, and Jen can jump in here because she's talked to you several times, so she probably knows everything. But uh, theme parks, what's your favorite theme park? What attraction do you love to go to and love to ride as many times as you can when you're there? Not a fan favorite probably at the moment, but I love Epcot. I mean, I, lo- I, mean, I love Spaceship Earth. I love Epcot. Um, I know it's like mm-hmm. in hard times, but to be honest with you, I could just sit – and listen to the background music mm-hmm. and not really do anything else. Yep. That I mean, is, we, we did some episodes, uh, many episodes ago, our favorite theme park music. We did like a top 25 with another, another couple of people. Uh, it was a two part show cause it was so long. Um, but Jen and I both had the Epcot legacy music or the theme music, yep. like in our top three, yes. uh, yep. because it's just, and actually I use it now, uh, copywriters, please don't come after me. Marcy, protect me. I use it now as our ending music because it's just such cool music. It's yeah. such cool music. It's and then they, great. when they changed the loop though, I was like, mm-hmm. well, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's not, it's- I mean, and the one, so on YouTube, I don't know, somebody has it up and they have the full loop and then they off like the titles and some of the titles I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The- <laughs> Where can we where can we find you? Where can people go to get your books? I know Audible and Amazon, and I will tell you to be careful if you can't find all of them on Aaron H Goldberg. Look for Aaron Goldberg or type in the title of the book because I had to kind of do a few loop arounds on Amazon because I think in Audible it has buying Disney's World as Aaron Goldberg, and the rest of your books are Aaron H Goldberg. So you kind of have to loop around it. Yeah. But if you go to themscpodcast.com, you'll see his little face on the sidebar there where our guests are. Put the cursor wrapped in his eyes, double click, and it'll take you to his website, and you can go from there. So, yeah, AaronHGoldberg.com on Twitter and Instagram at AaronHGoldberg. Um, some of my books are available actually. The Wonders of Walt Disney World is available in store nationwide at Barnes and Noble um, mm-hmm. and Target, Walmart, not in store, but online. You can basically get all my books at Target, Walmart. You know, if they're selling books, they'll have my books. Chances yeah. are. Awesome. These, are, these are good books, too. I mean, really, folks, if you're, out, if you're looking for Disney stuff that's besides just princessy stuff or whatever, and you want some Disney mm-hmm. history, some Disney behind the scenes or whatever, Aaron's got some great books out there. And pick one of them up. You know, if you like the writing style, great. If not, whatever. But you, you, you the books are really informative. They're very well-researched, very well-written. And yeah. the, the Disney Declassified, it's for the older set, but it is just hilarious and fascinating and sad and just like, Wow. And then followed up with the wonders of Walt Disney World because you want to be happy again. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jen, where can we find you on the great vast wide interwebs? You can find me at Upon the Star Jen and also at Jen underscore Novotny on Instagram. And of course, you do have another podcast called Divas Dish Diz, the original Diz yes, Dishers. Uh, released an episode yesterday. It's you and Christine, a former and future guest of the show, Christine Fox, and who is uh, just just talking about Disney stuff. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Our new episode's coming up, too, and we uh, we just talk. We talk about a lot of things. Uh, find me online at the Magic on a Dollar on Instagram. Find me Magic on a Dollar and Disney on a Dollar uh, on Facebook. And I know that we have talked a little bit about travel agency stuff, and so somebody is listening to our podcast, and it's like, you know what? I've now purchased all of Aaron Goldberg's books. I am ready to go to Disney World, followed by a, a Caribbean vacation, and then a trip to Disneyland. Jen, where would you tell them to go? Well, I would tell them to visit uponastartravel.com. Very nice. Good answer. Go there, and Just you know what? You can second. find all those destinations, all those places. All of the destinations you can. We can send you to Antarctica. We can literally send you to Antarctica. I mean, you have to have the money to pay for mean. it. It's a little pricey, but we can send you to Antarctica. But we can send you there. <laughs> and I expect that <laughs> I expect a, a family selfie to send back to me so I can post. I'm going to demand that if you go to Antarctica. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Find us, of course, at the MSE Podcast all over. That we're that on Twitter, we're that on Instagram, and we're that on Facebook as well. Email us at the show, the MSE Podcast at gmail.com. You can email us, let us know what's going on. And finally, we haven't really mentioned this much online, but we're going to start promoting it too. We have a contest going on because we need some iTunes and Apple, Apple Podcast reviews. Go online, review the show. Five stars is the most magical of stars. So go online, review the show. Uh, every review that we get in the last in a couple of weeks and going on, I'd say, the next two weeks. Um, if we get a minimum number, then we will basically do a drawing and we will send you either the streaming or the physical copy of the Corella soundtrack. 
uh, we will send the soundtrack to you, which has not even been released yet. The the physical CD doesn't come out for like another week or so, and it's fabulous. And as you heard on the Divas show, and of course our show, I think last week, we loved Cruella. Aaron, have you seen Cruella? I have not, and I don't think I will. It's not for me. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not a remake guy. Uh, well, I really enjoyed it. it. I don't even think it's a remake. Yeah. It's 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 a backstory of, and I'm not gonna try to sell you on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. I enjoyed yeah, yeah. it, and it wasn't like a like a like a rom comy. Oh, this is for little girl. I, I thought it was a great movie. It was really well done. Uh, I have my nitpicks. I have a movie podcast, like I mentioned. So, you know, there are some nitpicks to it that that I have. That Jim Christine doesn't. and I didn't have any nitpicks. No, Aaron, this has been awesome. I have loved meeting you here, and I've loved being able to talk to you. And we hope you come back to our show. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you so much. I'd, have, I'd love to be on. You guys are great, and uh, I had a great time chatting. Thanks for inviting me. And as hey, always, Jen, love doing a podcast with you. It's always fun to do podcasts and talk Disney stuff. And uh, for the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week on the Main Street Electrical Podcast. Don't forget, hey, thank your Phoenicians and your cast members and travel agents for the Boobash tickets. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Electrical Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The MSE Podcast. Or visit our website at themsepodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe and may all your wishes come true.